You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. You see, Christianity, contrary to what some people suggest, is not some leap into the dark. He will provide evidence. He will provide proof that, in fact, He is present within your life and that you do have fellowship and communion with Him. He gave me evidence of His nearness and His presence. You say, how's that? Well, think about it in these terms. He has spoken in His own way to my soul. Well, how does that play out in our own experience? Accepting Christ isn't a leap into the dark, hoping that you'll land on some truth. As Pastor Mike encourages you in his message today, once you've accepted Christ, the Lord will provide evidence that He is active in your life. Everyone has a different experience. Some may hear the voice of the Lord. Others may feel His presence. And still others will experience a miraculous act. No matter the experience, you will know that the Lord is alive in your heart. If you are questioning His existence today, quiet your heart and listen for Him. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 John chapter 1 as he continues his message, Our Fellowship with God. We pray, we share, we give, so that the kingdom of evil may be routed and the kingdom of God may be advanced. And so we are sharers in God's thoughts and in God's enterprise and in God's whole interest in this life and world. All of these things are the first components to knowing God, to having fellowship and communion with Him. Now, With that said, let's talk about another element of this wonderful fellowship of communion, and that is, and this is our third point, and if you're taking notes, write this down, our great conversation, our great conversation. And isn't this just a wonderful part of our fellowship with God, that we have the ability to be able to communicate to Him? Think about this. When we say we're having fellowship with people, right? This is true of wherever we go, whenever we run into other Christians, And we have so many things in common because Christ is the common denominator, right? And you're having fellowship with that individual, whether it's here in this particular body or at another church here in New York City or if you travel out to Southern California and visit some of our sister churches and you visit at the appropriate time at the end of usually the worship service. And a part of that is conversing with that person, right? and communicating with that person, catching up with that that person. So when we say we're having fellowship with people, 
What do we mean? And what does that entail? Well, at least in part, it suggests that we're having conversation about the things that we have in common with someone else. Now, let's analyze this a little bit further. Let's dig a little deeper here. Let's go back to our text. Once again, John tells us our fellowship is with the Father. And again, it's all about communion with Him. So this can be looked at in two ways. First of all, from our side. Let's think about it from our side. In other words, we have come to know God. God is no stranger to us. He is not somewhere out there in the heavens, busy running the universe, more interested in people who are more prominent than our, or influential than ourselves. He's not some impersonal force, some power, some lawgiver, far removed and away from us. No, God is someone that we know. And we're going to talk about how we know that we know God in just a moment. But you know, in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 9, another cross-reference for you, there Paul writes and he says, but now after you have known God, or rather are known of God. Known of God. And so that's the idea here. From our side, we have come to know God. He is no stranger to us. It's a personal relationship that we have with him. God has now become a reality within our lives. I've got to tell you something. I mean, I, I know that he exists. I, I know that he's present with me. I know that his hand is upon my life. I know that he's working behind the scenes, as I always put it. I know he's pulling the strings, pushing the buttons, orchestrating all of the details of my life. And that's also true of you as well. God is behind the scenes. How many times can you only explain the things that are going on in your life through putting God behind those things. And it's just simply the way that God makes himself known to us, whereby he reveals himself to us. He is a reality. And although i got to tell you, I've never seen God, but I've seen his footprints all over my life, indications that he's with me, walking with me and I with him, right? I mean, it's so obvious. He is now a reality. And think about this. You cannot have communion, have conversation without knowing him or without knowing any person, for example. I mean, you bump on something, you know, you're walking down uh, Fifth Avenue or something, you bump into someone, you never know him. You're not going to stop and have a conversation. You don't know that person. There has to be some kind of intimacy between those two parties. Now, I want you to think about how intimate is our relationship with God. And Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, you have received the spirit of adoption. The idea is you've now become a member of God's family as a son, a daughter. And then he goes on to declare, whereby we can cry out, Abba, Father. It's a term of endearment. It's like my grandchildren now. Well, I guess that wouldn't be, well, they call me granddaddy. But I shouldn't use my grandchildren as an example. How about my own children? When they were young, when I'd come home from work and I'd jump in my easy chair and my kids would come running into the room and they would jump up on my lap and say, hey, daddy. It's, it was a, a term of endearment. That's the same kind of a relationship that we have with God, our, our father. That's who we are. We've been adopted into his family. And so to answer the question, how intimate is our relationship with God? 
hey, it's closer than our own relationship that we have with our, uh, any member of our immediate family. And so to have communion with God means that we desire to speak with Him and that we have the ability to do so. So that's a part of our fellowship and communion with God. We have this conversation with Him. Remember, under the heading, our great conversation, which is our third point. Now, I'm not only talking about petitioning Him. For some Christians, the conversations that we have with God are only those conversations that we have with God in times of need. That's not what we're talking about, although that is an integral part of the conversations that we do have with Him. But you know, if that's all that was involved with this great conversation, that would be a bummer, particularly for God. You know, He only hears from us when we need or want something, when we're looking to Him to bail us out of a situation a terrible situation that we probably made for ourselves. We've dug us into some hole, and now we're asking him, we're appealing to him to get us out of it. That would be a bummer, wouldn't it? Think about it in this way. Are there some people in your life that are always wanting something from you? And every conversation that you have with them, every time you run into them, bump into them, it's always about themselves and their problems, and they're looking to you for the answer and the solutions. It's sort of a bummer. You know what I'm talking about? So think about it in God's perspective. You know, if that's all this great conversation entailed, that would truly be a bummer as far as God was concerned. But think about this. When you love someone, conversation flows freely. Everything in us is stimulated. You want to spend time with them and just sharing the things that have gone on during the course of your day. True fellowship with God means we desire, we delight in speaking to him, and we have that desire to praise him. Now, I want you to think about this for, for just for a moment. If you had the opportunity to speak to anyone that you wanted to speak to, who would you put on that list? If you're a, a, a sports enthusiast, maybe you'd want to, uh, if you were a New York Giant fan, let's say, for example. Now, you knew I was going to throw in a sporting illustration in this, right? Maybe you would like to have, be able to have a conversation with Eli Manning, who's the quarterback of the New York Giants. Or if you're a Mets fan, you might want to speak to one of the players for the Mets or, or the Yankees or, or whatever. Or if you're into the arts and entertainment business, maybe you'd like to defer to your own career, maybe to get some advice. But think about exactly who we have access to. We're talking about the creator of the universe. So let me ask you, how much time do you actually spend just having a conversation with God. We have access. You know, some of us would say maybe some political figure. Oh, man, I would really like to spend some time with Trump, right? Or, or some of his cabinet members. Or, you know, you got a ton of questions you'd like to ask him, I'm sure, right? But think about exactly who it is that we have access to. We're talking about the God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the universe and everything that's contained within it. We have access to him. At any time, we can come boldly before his throne of grace in time of need, the Bible tells us, right? And so true fellowship with God means we desire, we delight in speaking to him, probably more than any other person that outside of my relationship with God that I want to spend some time with speaking to is my wife. And it's just great to share, and that's one of the reasons why I've taken a bride. You know, there was a time in my life where I, I, I just felt 
that there was this part of me that was missing. I knew it was time to, to get serious about looking for a wife because I was tired of living my life alone. I wanted to share my life with another person. And that was really, at least in part, the catalyst for marrying my wife. I wanted to share my life with someone. I was tired of like traveling around as much as I was traveling around and experiencing all of what life you know, had offered me and really not being able to turn and share that with someone else. And so just something to, to think about, right? So we enjoy coming to him even as we enjoy coming to that person, whoever it is, that special person in your life, whether it's a wife or a close friend or whoever. It's the greatest thing to do. That's the whole idea around communion. Now, here's a side note. Here's a great way to test whether or not you are experiencing true fellowship and communion with God. Just ask yourself the question, and I don't want anyone to offer an audible answer here, but just something to think about. How much prayer time is there in your life? How much prayer time is there in your life? How much time do you devote to prayer regularly on a daily basis? How often do you pray? Or do you perceive prayer as some wearisome task? Oh, man, yeah, I'm a Christian. I guess I should pray. It's you know, one of the ABCs of Christianity. I know I'm supposed to study the Bible. I know I'm supposed to pray. I know I'm supposed to offer my service to the church. And is it a burden? Is it some kind of wearisome task? Man, you need to rediscover what fellowship and communion is all about. Given the opportunity, you need to run, jump up in your father's lap, your heavenly father's lap, and just share the things that are going on in your life's experience. It should be a joy and a blessing. So the one who is truly in fellowship with God finds the possibility of conversation with God and enjoyment and a great delight. Okay, well, let's move on. I think I spent enough time on that particular point. Another aspect, let's go back to our text. John again tells us, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, this is really important. How do I know that? I mean, think about it. How do I really know that? I don't know... This is, the most, this is one of those most frequently asked questions, particularly from new Christians. They go through the motions, maybe at, a, you know, at the conclusion of a, a service like this one, where the invitation is given to receive Christ to make a decision, and they come forward. They say the sinner's prayer. We encourage them to go on. We, we talk about some of the Christian ABC, some of the things that they need to do uh, going forward. And they're really excited about that prospect of having fellowship and communion with God. But then they go their way, they go home to their houses, they go to sleep, and then they wake up the next day, and they think to themselves, wait a second, was that just some kind of an emotional thing that I went through last night or the day before? I mean, how do I know that I really have fellowship and communion with God? I went through all of the motions, I've done everything that the pastor told me to do, and I said the sinner's prayer, and I, but how do I know beyond the question of a doubt that I truly have fellowship and communion with God? Well, there are these, and this brings us to our fourth point this evening, manifestations of his presence and a sense of his nearness. Fourth point, manifestations of his presence and a sense of his nearness. So, 
to be able to genuinely know I have fellowship with God, I must be able to say, I know I have been in the presence of God, and he has given me tokens of this. You see, Christianity, contrary to what some people suggest, is not some leap into the dark. He will provide evidence. He will provide proof that, in fact, he is present within your life and that you do have fellowship and communion with him. He gave me evidence of his nearness and his presence. You say, how's that? Well, think about it in these terms. He has spoken in his own way to my soul. Well, how does that play out in our own experience? Well, I hope that God is speaking to you. I'm just the errand boy. I'm just the conduit through which God speaks to you, right? So it may happen, I hope it happens, on a Thursday evening when you attend their service or on a Sunday morning or in your own personal devotion time or when you listen to our radio broadcast Monday through Friday at 2.30 p.m. in my father's house or any of the other speakers on the Bridge FM radio. It's 95.1. Or any of the other speakers, David Rosales or Pastor Chuck Smith or Greg Laurie or Raul Reese or any of the other great speakers on the Bridge radio or on WMCA radio or whoever, you listen to uh, Charles Stanley on, on TV on Sunday mornings, or, or whoever. God just uses them as instruments to speak to his people. So that's just one of the ways. He has spoken in his own way to my soul. It, it's sort of like God's got my number. It's sort of like he's tapping on my shoulder. Sometimes it's like a, a wall of bricks falling on me. And I, it, it's, it's sort of like the universe has just stood still from rotating on its axis, and it's just me alone with God, and God is speaking to me. Have you had any of those kinds of experiences? You should have. This, this is something ordinary for Christians. If you haven't, you need to appeal to God and, and ask you to give you those kinds of experience. So that's one of the ways, one of the evidences of his nearness and his presence. But how about this? In times of trouble, he's there to comfort me and console me where otherwise you'd be freaking out. You'd be banging your head up against the wall. You'd be wrestling in your bed at night with your pillar, turning over and over and over again, expecting the worst to happen when you wake up in the morning. But rather, you find yourself at peace with peace. And Paul refers to it as a peace that passes all understanding. You can't explain it in human terms, right? There's, everything is falling out from underneath you. And yet there's this peace. And you just sense the presence of God comforting you, consoling you. Or how about this? He creates within me holy desires and longings. Folks, as I mentioned before, those things weren't there before my conversion experience. (laughs) I wasn't concerned about holiness. I wasn't concerned about holy desires and longings. You've got to put God behind all of these experiences. Paul puts it this way in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, one of the most significant verses of Scripture in that book of the Bible. It says, it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do you understand that you wouldn't even have a will to do of God's pleasure unless he put that will and desire within you? And so that's just evidence of the fact of the nearness of God, that God is with you that you are in fellowship and communion with him. See, I mean, that's, that's how that whole thing works itself out. 
So that is the way to have fellowship with God. You are aware of a surging of holy desires. And, and I hope that's what's going on in your life. That you're never satisfied. Like Paul, remember in our series in the book of uh, Philippians, he says, this one thing I do, pressing towards the mark of the high calling of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. Never satisfied. And remember exactly who it was that made that statement. A pillar of the church. He had, when he wrote that portion of Scripture, he had already been walking with the Lord for 30 years. How many of us have been walking with the Lord for 30 years? But the idea there is that he wasn't satisfied where he was at. He acknowledged and recognized the fact that there was still room to grow, to improve, to know God even in a greater way. And he applied himself to that occupation. And so should we. So that is the way to have fellowship with God. You are aware of a surging of holy desires. It's God speaking, calling forth a response in me, showing me his will, leading us in that path, opening doors, sometimes shutting doors, sometimes putting up barriers and obstacles in our path all of which are indications that God is with us and that we are in fellowship and communion with him. Sometimes it's just shut the door right in your face. Or, you know, you're wanting to do this thing, or, or maybe uh, you want to follow a new career, or you want to move out of town, or, or whatever. Or you maybe want to pursue a relationship with this other person, and God just shuts that down for you. You know, you made plans to do this, that, and the other thing. You fill in the blank. Just think about your own personal experience. Either God opens the door. Sometimes he shuts the door. Sometimes he puts up barriers in the way. Because maybe that isn't a part of God's will for your life right now. Maybe it's for some future experience or whatever. But God knows what's best for his kids, right? So all of which are indications that God is with us. It means that you are aware of the fact that you are in the hands of God, supplying us with strength according to our needs and situations. And it's all of these things that I've just suggested. Even in death, we're never alone. And so truly, certainly, astoundingly, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Listen, if we are truly Christians... We should be walking with God. We should be speaking to Him, knowing He is there to speak to us, delighting to praise Him, anxious to know Him more and more. We need to test ourselves by these things. So, as we close out this evening's message, simple question. Do we know God? This fellowship and communion with Him. Father's house, there's a place for me in my Father's house, where I long to be, oh my heart. 1 John 4, 9 reminds us that we can be certain God loves us. How is this possible? We know because He sent His one and only Son into the world, that we might live through Him. We are given the chance at eternal life with our Creator because Jesus came to the earth to die in our place. His gift of grace is available to you today. 
Would you like to learn more about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? We'd be happy to tell you all about it. Please give us a call at 212-247-1877. You can also find out more about this relationship by visiting our website, harvestnyc.org. Under the Resources tab, you'll find some information on how to know God. This will tell you why you need a Savior, why God sent His Son, and how your life can be transformed forever. You're always welcome to connect with us with questions, and we'd love to know if you've made a decision to follow Jesus. Our phone number again is 212-247-1877. We want to meet you too. If you're going to be in Midtown Manhattan, come join us this Sunday for worship at Harvest Christian Fellowship. You'll be able to reserve your seat and get directions at harvestnyc.org. Or join us virtually. We're streaming each Sunday and Thursday, so everyone has the chance to attend and worship as a community of believers. That website again is harvestnyc.org. Thanks for tuning in to In My Father's House. <laughs>